Play-By Podcast is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network, which you can find at abnormalmapping.com or support through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abnormalmapping. They had been in worse situations, hadn't they? After all the time Bazine had known her, known any of them really, he wasn't so sure. It doesn't get much worse than this, he thought. They'd managed to skid out of plenty of scrapes before. Worse for wear? Sure. But never anything like this. Not even Glasstown was like this. He was there, in the bazaar. Standing next to Colrain of all people. They looked down on Sierra's makeshift sickbed, close enough to watch over her, but too far away to do anything useful. There was little else to be done now. As his best friend wheezed and bled and fell unconscious once more before them, Bazine realized he hadn't left that spot since the bazaar had started rolling toward Lockstock. by podcast, an actual play podcast about storytelling through the medium of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Michael, the GM, and today I'm joined by Leon Barnes, Ayo, Liam Higgins, Ayo, and Max Coe. To balance things out, I've turned to the M side. <laughs> we finally have equilibrium. That's true, shit. On yeah, this fucking podcast. Yeah, that's right. I, I stole your brand, Liam. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> As if it wasn't hard enough for me to say both of your names. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. People used to call me Leon as a kid. I, I don't yeah, know they call me Liam now. The, the, they still call me like Liam to this day. Half of a syllable of difference. Yeah, fuckheads. But I <laughs> am the greatest GM on tape, so I will never get it wrong. Fuck you. Oh, you're so your, your new names are both Leah and that's <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Leona Lewis. Leah and Leah. <laughs> I think there was a point during the, the inception of the show where I just considered calling you both by your last names. Yeah. Yeah. Higgins and Barnes. <laughs> that sounds like Holy shit. a British detective that, that, that agency. Is like, can we get that? Get it? Can we get on, that? And can we put Timothy Spall in it? No, yeah. that's that's on that. Yes. What's that like British show only streaming network? Oh, um, oh, uh, probably something owned by the BBC, B- BBC America or something. But yeah, no, probably it, it, like that is a show. Oh, that, iPlayer, BBC iPlayer. That, that is a show yeah. that is specifically on that network. Oh yeah. So, last episode. A lot of things happen that we're going to have to explore the fallout of. A lot of heavy shit. I have so many notes in my notebook (laughs) that I'm looking at. Oh, my God. So let's let's do a quick rundown. Last episode, we began the fight. We began and finished the fight with the deviants, Mm -hmm. the proto-fascist monarchist faction who had sprung up out of hatred for Sierra Scorchskin. And wanders in general, but her especially. Oh, absolutely. And you guys got into a fight at a deviant camp, which consisted of probably about 40, like the original 40, the like the original 40 uh, deviants out of Glastown. And I did some math 
And I, I think just to play it on the safe side, we will say 32 people were killed in that fight. Good news. It wasn't any of ours. How nope. much, <laughs> I'm going to say, how much math did you do on this? The Bizarre Crew is alive. We had, uh, I don't know, like seven or eight on-screen deaths. Oh, my God. Uh, most of the deviants were killed by DeGrasse. Hell yeah. Uh, That's what I'm here for, baby. The B B team helped a lot. (laughs) Yes. And uh, Sierra and Lyra took out their leadership. You know. Uh, We are really going to have to talk about this. We are really. (laughs) We're going to have to have a. I was thinking about it last night and I kind of forgot how brutal it was. Oh, yeah. There was some. Oh, no. It was terrible. It was kind of very brutal. No, Lyra, you, uh, as memory serves, you hung Cademan Hightower. (laughs) Yeah, you hanged him on the end of a serrated whip. I was concerned for Sierra's safety, but yes, I did in fact do that. You committed a hanging. Yeah, you, you, you hung a high wing and killed to death until death, from the neck until hung death. Until death, yeah. And uh, Sierra, you killed your uh, former girlfriend and uh, I guess now former leader of a neo-fascist regime. And... And uh, you lost your hand yeah. in the process. You and were... oh, what else? I almost died again. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, you were <laughs> right. death's fucking door. The, the I best was at part death's of door. You mean the best part of the episode where uh, it turns out that the that entire flashback arc actually had a purpose? Yeah. <laughs> so don't come at me in the comments or on Twitter and say that why'd you guys do a flashback arc? It came back around. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we planned for it at all. Y'all all look happened. like fools now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the boy. No one has attacked him about it yet. He's preemptively striking. Yeah. Each of you delete your account. <laughs> <laughs> On whatever platform. Any and all. Yeah. We coming. Delete your Venmo. I will not take this sitting down. <laughs> delete your Wells Fargo. Delete your fucking Venmo. <laughs> just, yeah. just send me $3 on coffee and we're totally yeah. square. Yeah. Give us your Patreon passwords right now. <laughs> This is the online equivalent of like high school bullying giving me your lunch money. Pay me $3 on coffee and I'll leave you alone. Uh, But yes, uh, Sierra, you almost died for real this time. Yeah, because you decided that you and your fucking girlfriend were going to dramatically tumble from 30 feet up. Like the opening of fucking Skyfall. Uh Uh-huh. It was awesome. Adele was playing in the background. It was great. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm imagining the fan art of just a silhouette of a salamander and an elf. In a fucking trench coat. I forget she's an elf. Yeah. Right. Well, she was. Let's let's well, t- let's wait. speak of the dead in proper terms. Uh, as a bitch. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, co-signed. Can't argue with that logic. She was basically uh, a neo-fascist. Gavin yeah. and McInnes. Yeah. And yeah, you you basically uh, tumbled down out of the sky and landed on top of her. And liquefied all of her internal organs, and she died right there after admitting that none of the things that she'd done to get back at you made her feel any better. It was it, you. It, she at least absorbed all the shock, and Sierra didn't die. So. <laughs> Sierra, with one health, did not die from a like what thirty foot fall. By some fucking miracle, the trees broke in, and so did my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the trees and my ex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Anywho, Degrass, uh, not to leave Degrass out of this. Mm-hmm. 
he we did have a very specific scene of him plunging an arrow with his hands into the heart of a like a fresh young recruit deviant. Yeah, there's some there's definitely some brutal shit on the battlefield here. Yeah, there's Holy we have crap. I have notes. We have so much to unpack. <laughs> it was a heavy one. You, you know that fucking gif from the fucking Donkey Kong show where they're all sitting in the car in silence. <laughs> yes. That's like the ride back from this. Wait, what's the, what's the Simpsons quote? Kids, you know. <laughs> My dingling. No. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Lighten up a little, yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, where do we want to pick this back up? Uh, uh so we last we left off pretty much exactly was getting Sierra who was like fading in and out of consciousness back to the bazaar. Yeah. And I'm assuming we're taking the bazaar to, to Lockstock. I suppose Yeah, we're, so. we're going back to town, because I guess. Because I feel like Spiegel, as a faith healer, can only do so much. Yeah. And, you know, we got to eradicate the, the stragglers in town, or at least get them the fuck out of town. Well, I, and I feel like uh, there were, again, there were 40 deviants there. I'm assuming, like, in the fighting, a couple of them probably fled into the woods. I mean, seeing your leader basically fall to her death. One of your leaders, seeing one of your leaders hung on the end of a whip in midair, (laughs) and the other other one crashed into the earth, thirty feet up. I don't think that instills a lot of confidence. Probably creating a cadaver. Well, you know the 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 fuckers that they recruited in town though don't don't know the news yet. So what I will say is like like you guys have. Almost effectively wiped this particular front off of the map. Like, and it's a good thing that you got started so early because they were only on like the coast of Shard and they'd already gotten like one twentieth of the population on their side. Yeah. Fucking direct action, baby. That's, how, this is, that's <laughs> how we do. So we handled that pretty well, I guess. Sorry. We handled that pretty well. I think so. Uh, we're all like walking into town like covered in blood i'm not walking <laughs> hundred no, yard no. stare the fuck are you talking about i'm not walking you're not walking so, you're probably so, in the cart yeah i want i want to pick up on uh, some scenes within uh just in that small space of time between getting from the battlefield to to lockstock oh quick reminder um Colrate did assassinate a general. That is or like the least. That's the least of the problem that right is now. Like he, 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 he's technically a war criminal. Colrain has has turned a new leaf, and he is now on y'all's side. He is with the wanderers. That's great for him, but the people under that guy's command did see him straight up assassinate their leader. He absolutely murked Corby Hildegard. <laughs> that is true. Man had a good life going for him. Uh, he was a deviant. <laughs> he was a deviant. a deviant. I can't. You can't really stand up for anyone after that. I know, but it's like regularly going to Panera Bread. There's just like no way back. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I wanna, uh, I wanted to take some time, like in that little interstitial portion between getting Sierra back into the bazaar and getting the bazaar to Lockstock, and I want to ask you guys some questions. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> So, uh, firstly, Lyra, when you were out there fighting, well, let's let's talk about what happened to Cademan. Let's let's talk about how do you how do you square that with your morality? How do you square doing a murder? I, I mentioned this to Leon after we recorded. He but... did like lunge to stab you with his yes. big so his big sword, and then that's when you pulled the whip and hung him. Yeah. How does Lyra like feel about you know? Like, I mean, I know she's a fighter, so, you know, that kind of comes with the territory, but you killed a high wing in battle. 
and you killed him pretty brutally. In the moment, I was mentioning this to Leon, Lyra's biggest priority is the people that she's close to and her her personal loyalties. Mm -hmm. And kind of everything goes out the window when it comes, you know, between her and them. So if her friend is in danger of dying, she'll do whatever the fuck needs to be done. Um, Even if it is kind of just, you know, a flash of anger and just a furious motion and it, you know, comes to this. So like in her head, she can still reason that she was trying to save Sierra and that she's furious that Sierra was put in danger. But there is this kind of horror at what she's capable of because she she i mean she's used to at this point killing abominations she trained against high wings when she was younger she never really did more than some injury towards them um she's fought a handful of people you know in glass town and whatnot but this is the first time that it feels like she's really killed someone so it's like very slowly starting to come to reality to her she's kind of not it hasn't sunk in yet mm-hmm. it's slowly sinking in as the adrenaline wears off and after she as she realizes that she's sierra's gonna be okay but it's like it's definitely something new hmm. oh my god this is lyra's literal first murder <laughs> yep. i just realized that this is her first actual murder i think murder. i might have murked some people in glass town but never to no, this you, extent. No, Welcome you, to the club, mon ami. You never actually completely murdered someone like this. This was a lot more personal. Yeah, this was definitely, you've never like killed someone in single combat. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was like brutal, pure instinct, like moment of fury kind of like, oh I don't think she was entirely aware God. of what she was doing. It was kind of like prime directive is keep Sierra safe and do whatever the fuck needs to be done to keep Sierra safe. Dude, it's just how this shit goes. I mean, like, people that aren't in the shit with us <laughs> oh like to tell us how it goes. God. But when you're there and, you know, it's you or them, it's gotta be you every time. Mm-hmm. I've seen this MASH episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not wrong. And it's not, he's not know. some nameless, faceless merc. He's someone with a personal vendetta against her who, it was pretty clear he was not going to stop. Yeah. There was no stopping until it was over. Gotta do what you gotta do. Just to take a quick look back at that scene. Uh, when it happened, is there something that is burned into Lyra's subconscious now? I think it's kind of a blur to her. Uh-huh. It's not it's it's more of like a feeling. It's more of a like it feels almost like someone else did that. Wow. But it's like slowly sinking in as they're kind of out of the adrenaline moment and they're kind of in this in-between quiet period that she's like, oh, that happened. Sierra, as you sort of fade in and out of consciousness, do, do, you, do you feel, do you know that you don't have your hand? You know you don't have your hand. I'm very much aware I don't have my hand. So you're not in any kind of delirium. Nope. I'm not like I'm not like in a state of just like Have you has Sierra ever like had a fever? Has she ever felt heat? Like in an uncomfortable sense, or has it always just been fine? It's always been fine. Okay. She's never felt real like like sickness. S- sickness. Mm. Beyond like miasma related sickness. Yeah. She's never felt like real sickness like that. Right. How how do you feel about having lost your hand? Like how does like if you when you you look down at, it, in your moments of like like very mild lucidity, 
and you are missing your dominant hand. I'm more annoyed than anything that I lost it. Okay. I'm not really... You're not, like, mournful about it? It's just, oh, God. Yeah, it's more of just an inconvenience. It's, it's an inconvenience to you. It's more of an inconvenience. You're just like, damn it, I, that's my good hand. All right. Now I gotta f- put something else there. <laughs> and... So that's not really the big deal right now. How do you feel about... uh? About Bumfrey, uh, and about, uh, specifically about uh, the fight you had, and uh, even more specifically about Bumfrey's like last moments. Let's um, let's start. How do you feel about Bumfrey? Period. Oh, thank God! I was going to say you're throwing a lot at me. <laughs> let's go. This is a lived therapy li- session with Sierra Skarsgård. No, yeah, lived like a bitch, went out like a bitch. Welcome, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the decompression episode of Play My Podcast. Um, where we deal with the fallout of our action. Yes. And cars. This and is cars. our Sokovia. <laughs> That's how I feel about God, this. God, yeah. So how do you feel about Bumfrey in general, have, her having passed? Um, confused, indifferent, not really. How indifferent? Really indifferent and confused. Like, Confused about what? Because there's part of me that is happy she's dead. Oh, so oh. Because now she can move, she can technically move on, but at the same time she's found some sort of peace. Hmm. Hmm. And she also doesn't have to continue being a fascist asshole. That's true. And then there's like the other part of me that's just like I still love her. Wow, really? Like there's something there still. Unfortunately. Oh, well. It's still there because, you know, it's the same as like, it's like, it's, it's a common thing. It's like, you still have feelings for the person, even if you have a bad history. I absolutely understand that. Like, you still have some, there's still something there. So it's just like, she, like, Sierra's very confused about how she should feel about Bumfrey right now. Mm -hmm. Like, she hates her for what she did. Mm Mm-hmm. But she still loves her for who she once knew. They hmm. never actually broke up because they had differences. They separated because Sierra was a wanted criminal and had to flee and never saw each other for 10 years. It's true. And then suddenly, you know, in Sierra's book, she's only been a neo-fascist for a fraction of the time that yeah. she's known her. And it's, and it's just like she never actually blamed Bumfrey for anything that happened. She blamed herself. So it's like... <laughs> Buddy, when Bumfrey kind of just comes back and is just like complete hatred over her, she's just kind of just heartbroken because hmm. she thought there might have still been something there. Hmm. So she's very conf- she's very conflicted right now and indifferent. And how do you feel about the fight? Which one? The one back in the clearing where With... she nearly killed you. Uh. Which part specifically? Because there was a lot of moments where I was just... There's a lot of emotions going through my mind through that whole experience. If you could pin down one particular, like, moment of, like... Like, a, a very, like... What's your your, your tent pole for that? Like this... There was a moment when we were falling when I could have sworn I saw the old her. Oh, God! Damn, man. <laughs> Ouch. Damn. There was definitely a moment where I could have where I saw the old her before she 
finally felt Fuck. some when she was finally content because she knew she was going to die. God damn. Okay. So that's kind of ingrained in the back of my head. And uh, remembering what little you do about uh, that moment back in the maze where you died and coming so close to death again, how do you feel about that? Um, Does it worry you or? Death is an old friend. (laughs) You met him once. She doesn't even remember meeting him. It's more of a feeling. Yeah, right, it's yeah. more of a feeling. Just I've been close to dying before. This is so. If I actually die this time, it'll be a nice surprise. But I'm not really bothered by it. There's a reason she was so nonchalant in the fight, while the other two are like flinging themselves bodily in front of her. Like, don't you fucking die, idiot! She, like the thing about Sierra is that she's always considering she's been a wanderer for as long as she has. She's always ready to die. Degrass, mm-hmm. you're you're a farm boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck you mean by that? <laughs> you, regardless of the the blood feud between the sods and the till fields mm-hmm. and the uh, manures, I I don't believe you've ever really like drawn blood like that, like you did back in that clearing. Yeah, I guess certainly not quite as intimately because I've killed many people by trampling them as a buffalo. Right. I believe I've also killed people from afar. So it's before like, there was like, a, there's a degree of separation. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah a disassociation. For sure. Yeah, between... for sure. There's a little uh, you know ludonarrative dissonance. I mean that's the wrong way to use and that term. But, before yeah. and and around that, there's a, you've also you've killed plenty of aberrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like so, but they don't count. I mean, you, know. you and now you've you've killed people. Mm-hmm. And I do it again if uh, the situation called for it. If it was. Like you said, if you've lived the hard knock life, um, it's either it's often you or them. And you know what? I'm not going to take this line down. I have things I care about. Um, I don't have many people I care about, um, but I, I have a I, I have a tremendous desire to for self preservation. And so, if killing helps extend my life, got no problem with it. Hmm. No problem at all. I don't need to process anything. <laughs> not one bit. <laughs> He's gonna. It's the John Mulaney bit. I'm just gonna take those feelings and then I'm gonna hold them deep down and then I'll die. Yeah, right. Yeah. I never need to think about it ever again. It's the Irish way. True, true farmer boy logic. Yeah. This has been Degrass since going back to the homestead. He's just yeah. been like Degrass at the homestead was very sad. Oh yeah. Well, he was I mean, also very drunk. Why? Like, so he was able to let those emotions out. Wouldn't you be sad? Like if that was where you were from? I mean, like it's all. It's nice to look at you know a pretty picture or whatever, but. It's a just all the culture just drained out of that place like a fucking cold and sore. I, man. And I feel like by the end of the time at the homestead, uh, the facade of like everybody kind of giving you like the the uh, you're just a kid ribbing. Yeah, I'm just a kid, it, it, but it, guess it, what? It, I'm feeding myself. I'm taking care yeah. of other people. I'm saving the goddamn continent while these people, you know, shit in pots and you know and it has each other, you know it's the just faci- it has absolutely fallen away. And now I think pretty much the entire like bizarre crew, like ha- has seen you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are seen. I'm, and you know what? I'm grateful for that. And and, and I feel digressed that uh, you and Bazine are probably a lot closer now. Yeah, I mean, I always I've been pretty open about the fact that I think Bazine's a, a great guy. Um, um, and you you are on equal footing with these like very hardened uh, 
merchant mercantile wanderer. Type. I mean, I'd describe myself as hardened too. I've been out in the shit for a while. You know, I bailed them out. They bailed me out. This is just our working relationship. But I think this is the first time anyone has seen that that edge. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I got a glint in my eye. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. motherfucker. And that edge has been completely drawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I feel like there there's a certain air that the the people in Bazine's Bazaar give you now. Yeah, I definitely command a little more respect. Uh, I've got another quick round of questioning before we get to the action. Because, man, we have to decompress. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a really heavy episode. We have not had a lot of character deaths in this show, and we just had, like, two back-to-back. Two biggins, yeah. And some very visceral, like, battle sequences. One character almost dying, you know, the whole shebang. So, uh, and I have another question, uh, DeGrasse. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the moments between uh, getting to Lockstock, while you are, you have sort of shouldered Sierra into... Bazine's Bazaar and sort of hastily planted her somewhere on the uh, the sh- the uh, the storefront floor. Do you do you stay by the sick bed or this makeshift sick bed? Do you do you how how do you feel about seeing Sierra like this? You're right. <laughs> She's in and out of consciousness. Uh okay. Um, but as like. She, this is sort of like, she's been like sort of a surrogate motherly figure to you for the last several months. I'll stay by your bedside. Yeah, I can do that. Are you worried at all or have you seen? Eh, She's a tough old broad. I mean, she'll pull through, I think. (laughs) That, that's my boy. That, that's my boy. She raised you right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know what? We wouldn't have made it this far if we didn't have a few extra levels of pain, you know, threshold than most normal people. I think, you know. She's got the extra gears for it. Um, not gonna lie, it was a, it was a real scare back there. It was hairy, but you did watch her fall out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that wasn't great, but um, you know we persevere, man. Uh, Lyra, how are you reacting to uh, Sierra's current condition? Um, also, the hand, the missing hand. Yeah, the hand isn't fun. I think. Lyra is definitely kind of anxious. She's probably pacing. She doesn't like not being able to be helpful, but there's not really anything she can do in this situation. So she's kind of like fiddling around and just kind of moving as much as she can within this kind of small space because she's she doesn't want to think about it too hard. She doesn't want to like worry about Sierra too much. If she like looks at her for too long, she's going to start freaking out again because she looks like shit. She's almost dead. She's literally on fucking death's doorstep. She trusts Spiegel because Spiegel's got him out of enough shit, but it's definitely, she's scared. I mean, she's, she's seen this happen once before. She saw it way back in the caves, but like it's feels more real now. And also, you know, she's, gotten closer to her it's been what another six months to a year since then so she's she's definitely anxious fucking probably like a bazine or someone has to tell her to like just sit down stop oh, no, it it's, stop it it's absolutely the, the the shot is absolutely like as you're pacing uh like holly bell comes alongside you mm-hmm. and like matches your your like you're like back and forth mm-hmm. and like at one point just like grabs you by the shoulders and stops you 
and like leads you over to a place where you can sit down and sits with you. And she's like sitting and like tapping her foot and her claws tapping on the ta- on the ground as she goes because she's just really like fidgety at this point. So, so Holly Bell is looking after you as you're having what is effectively sort of a breakdown. Just like a miniature anxiety attack. Absolutely. Been there. <laughs> So Sierra, hmm. as you're like fading in and out, you you see DeGrasse, the loyal, affable teenage boy. How you doing, Big Mama? Her answer is. Uh, <laughs> All right, to, cool. Next to him, uh, the diminutive form of uh, Spiegel Strife, the dog wharf, hand sort of uh, moving over you very lightly, slightly aglow. Next to him. Your old pals from Glasstown, Bazine, and Colrain. And they are standing there with you, and there is a bit of open space through which you can see Lyra Greyfeather pacing back and forth, and Holly Bell sort of trying to keep up with her. Yeah, this scene seems about right. <laughs> Figured I'd kind of wake up to this. But uh, seeing... Uh, Seeing Colrain and Bazine there. Someone's missing, aren't they? From that time. You can go fuck right off, Mr. Dio. <laughs> you could uh you can uh Kylie go uh shove that foot up your ass. <laughs> How about that? That's fair. That's absolutely valid. You know what? Valid. She wasn't even she wasn't really God damn it, she was a part of the game. <laughs> Sierra has that thought and to herself goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, a, like the inner monologue to myself, like, you know she's missing, right? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like for the briefest moment you you think to ask where Bumfrey is. And then you pass out. God, I think I'm gonna actually cry during re- during oh. recording. Hell yeah, I'm doing my job. Oh jeez, welcome to OP- play my podcast. Oh my fucking god, uh, OPT, one perfect tear. What just happened? Get it? Uh, we we had an emotional moment. Okay, okay. <laughs>
What, what specifically? Uh, Bumpery dying. Oh, what? Bumpery dying. Bumpery dying. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dog. Holy shit. All right, that's right. Oh.